What is up, diehards? Wes Monell in the building for AWOL Sports. Drew LaQuesta in the house. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is a 2020 NFL season preview. Our projections for every division. First through last with records. When we look at the schedule, if we give one team a win, we cross-reference that by giving the other team a loss. So we keep track here. That's how it should go. And that's how we roll. Talking about the AFC East here. The Patriots have won the division 11 years in a row, 16 of the last 17 years. The Bills made the last two of three postseasons. They've been hot. The Jets were a surprising 7-9 last season, and the Dolphins have been a thorn to the Patriots during their rebuild. We both have the Bills winning the division here. I have them at 11 wins. I see them growing from their 3-3 three three division record last year to probably 5-1. This is an elite defense across the board. They paid Stephon Gilmore, signed veteran Josh Norman, and Vernon Butler on the D-line. They added Stephon Diggs to open things up. He and John Brown, they make an interesting tandem. Josh Allen, he'll get a chance to use that cannon every week. Zach Moss joins Devin Singletary in the backfield. And they play a brand of football that carries on the road, and it carries from year to year, from last to the next. I like the Bills, man. I not to not to go too far into the playoff predictions here, but let's just say I almost had them in the Super Bowl. Let's put it that way. I I was mulling that over for like 3 days and and <laughs> it's been a the delay in in releasing my predictions to be honest with you is my final four, but Buffalo made that pretty hard for me. I had them winning the division at 11 and 5. I see you have them winning the division as well at ten and six. Yes, sir, man. You you uh you took it right out of my notes here, man. So uh, we'll get to where the finish is um, at the end of the, uh, my notes here. But ten and six, I think overall in the AFC, they're the three seed. I don't just like Buffalo, man. I love Buffalo. Um, I know this will be uh, music to your ears. Sean McDermott, a product of Andy Reid and Ron Rivera, no wonder. He gets W's, and no wonder I really like this team, man. Six out of the 11 years, his defense is in the top 10 for yards. Um, on the defensive side, twice it was ranked second in the league. Um, love Buffalo, man. Love their brand of football, like you said. It does carry on the road in 2019 defensively. Third in yards, second in points. I mean, they're top 10 against offenses that were on third down. They were top 10 in takeaways, top 10 in turnover differential. Um, love, love, love watching the, the Bills play, man. Uh, even offensively, their offensive line were, was ranked ninth in pass protecting too, and they don't give the ball away. So they keep the ball, and they could run the heck out of it. Um, the only issue I see was uh, bottom 10 in the yards per play category. Uh, they definitely need to be more consistent offensively on third downs, um, and they were lacking in the red zone opportunity too. So if they can fix that third down efficiency, that'll obviously help for the red zone. Um, no excuses this year. Just like you said, an interesting tandem right there with Diggs and John Brown. I think it fits Josh Allen's skill set as a quarterback very well. So, I mean, no excuses, man. That side of the ball has to carry its own. We know they can run. They, uh, they let a playoff win slip after losing to the Texans in the wild card, even after a 16-0 not 16 enough, 16 to zero second half lead. Um, we just need Josh Allen to bump his completion percentage a little bit, uh, play like the leader. I think they could make a run for the AFC title. 
Um, he was one and three as a rookie in division. Like you said, he evened it out three and three in, in 2019. Great, great road team. Uh, we talked about, you know, the Seahawks being great on the road seven and one last night um, on the road. Bills six and two. That's a that's a product of their their style of play. Like you said, man, that the running game and the defense carries on the road. Um, they are ranked as the fifth toughest schedule. But if you take a look at it, especially with New England's decline, um, from what I'm seeing, in my opinion, they have a lot of those games um, on that strength of schedule, their home games. So five out of the seven tough ones, Rams, Kansas City, Seattle, Chargers, Pittsburgh, they're all at home. The only tough ones away, San Francisco, and I think that Tennessee game is definitely winnable as well. Finally, um, biggest story here I think is going to be Josh Allen. I really like the kid. He's one of my favorite prospects coming out to take over when a lot of these veterans uh, call it quits. He's got the great wideouts, two good running backs. Zach Moss is a monster. We know about his break tackle history. He's hard to bring down. Um, and again, with that decline of New England, I think they finally win the division this year, and I think they're a top threat for that AFC title. I hear you, man. And Buffalo, perhaps the biggest thing for them is the invisible, what you can't see. That target, that expectation, to me, to you, to a lot of people, maybe not the ones that can't let go of the Patriots being so well run, but to a lot of us, the Bills are the favorite to win the division, and that's a target. And those aren't going to be two easy games going head-to-head with the Patriots, who, look, they've learned how to win even when they shouldn't, even when they don't have the talent. So I'm curious, when I look at Buffalo and their schedule, we're going to see what they're truly made of. They play the Chiefs, and they play the entire NFC West, along with those two Patriot games. So, Buffalo, bring it like you did last year. Don't change. Don't switch the style up just because you have a target. That's all I'll say about that. New England, we keep throwing them around because it has been their division for two freaking decades, man. We, we both have them missing the playoffs entirely. I have them at nine and seven, and I think you do too. Uh, going through their first QB change in what feels like forever, sure. Cam Newton is a former MVP. To be honest, the only version that I specifically liked was the 2018 version with Norv Turner. Aside from showing respect to Julian Edelman and perhaps James White within his role, this team has a lot of proving to do, more so to themselves, man. Nothing about their offense seems reliable. Their defense was smothering. Uh, that, that's obvious. They were just like Bills. They, they were an elite defense, but they lost some talent that opted out of the season. It's still elite, don't get me wrong, but without the great Tom Brady, I will question them because that is pretty comforting to have on the other side of the ball, Mr. TV 12. I mean, wait, did you have them at seven? At seven and nine, huh? Not nine and seven like I did. Yeah, yeah, seven and nine, man. It was scary to put up there, but I got I got to stand behind it, man. It took me a while to to get to that number, but I do stand behind it. Why is that? Um, the trend is down. I mean, uh, you made a lot of great points there. Um, I do like Cam as a player, and obviously you got to hand it to Bill, man. He's he's arguably the greatest coach, um, but pretty impressive, sixty nine percent win rate. 72% in the playoffs. But then, you know, everyone always has the same question. Everyone wants to see what Brady's like without Bill, what Bill's like without Brady. Um, 
and they're going to be doing it all with defense this year. I just don't know if it's going to be um, number one. Um, you know, they had number one defense as far as points allowed last year. But the thing I see is they had a lot of trouble building a pass rush, and it's going to be even tougher because they lost their top two pass rushers. So everyone's kind of waiting and seeing what this offense is going to be. Obviously, without Brady, um, as good of the, as good as they've been protecting Tom Brady, a lot of it was his knowledge too on the O line, calling protection at the line. He has an elite pocket presence. I'm not saying he's got the feet like Mahomes or Lamar, but pocket presence is a different thing. You know, he can move, he can slide. Uh, and he could dictate where the pressure goes. That's that's going to be missing. On the same side, Dante Scarnecchia, longtime offensive line coach, and he's a legend around the league. He's retired. Good one. So we're going to see how that offensive line holds up against you know uh, a lot of different, a lot of talented defenses they face on this schedule. They're actually rated as far as pass protection, winning pass protection, uh, bottom half of the league last year. As far as grades, I know it didn't really equate to sacks, but again, a lot of that is Tom Brady savvy. So what I see, big number um, with all the defensive side, obviously they still have their great corners, but they do only return a total of five starters. They have a lot of a lot of players too on the opt-out list for COVID. So um, they're going to be plugging. They're going to be uh, finding guys to compete. Um, what I see, uh, only thing that I see positively for Cam uh, obviously, he was with Carolina here, but against this division alone, he was seven and one. Bill was seven and or Bill was five and one last year in this division. Um, but we actually saw him struggle quite a bit versus all the playoff teams last year. The Patriots and Bill were three and four. Um, strength of schedule, they're slated to have the toughest schedule, uh, aside from Buffalo being one of the toughest teams to play in the league. A lot of their tough games are going to be away, so not in Foxborough. Five out of the seven teams that I have as tough games are away. They got San Francisco and Baltimore at home, but then they have to go at Seattle, at Kansas City, at Houston, at the Chargers, and at the Rams. Um, the only way I see this working, like you said, man, I, I'm one of the biggest praisers behind Julian Edelman. I think he's a great, great, super underrated receiver, but that's the only thing I can see. Sometimes I see that connection working, and sometimes I think – Man, a lot of that was persistent passing. I don't know if uh, persistent passing is, is Cam's thing. Is he going to make it work? I really like him in that offense, like you said, with North Turner. I think they got to run some kind of Auburn style, um, move the pocket a little bit, get a lot of their running backs involved. But as far as the running backs, same thing. I, I don't really see dynamic play um, with any Bal Cal running, uh, cowbell running backs and, and, and big-time plays. So I think the Patriots really, really struggled this year. Um, I think there's a reason behind the scenes why they're they're racking up, losing a lot of their big Pro Bowl names and, and racking up draft picks. And I was scratching my head as you were going through that those schedule notes because I, you you spoke of them word for word how I have them in front of me right now. <laughs> not not like I, I wrote every word out, but like some notes that I have. Like you hit every point on that schedule. The the tough road games. Look overall, I think it's a doable schedule, but man. I'm not buying them, and I don't think they're going to come away with many, many of those wins against playoff caliber teams on the road, as you stated. I, I am curious to see how Bill Belichick does without Tom Brady, how Josh McDaniels does, and how Cam Newton arrives, to be honest with you. I, I'm very interested in this team uh, without Tom Brady. I, I think – I'm not giving them benefit of the doubt. You aren't either. And a lot of people aren't. But 
I would call them very interesting to say the least. And a team that's been a thorn in their sides, man, Miami, they looked well coached last year and we all know Tua is their future. But for right now, we'll see how long of a leash Ryan Fitzpatrick has starting at the top right there at the quarterback position. That's an indicator of their season ahead though. I like the added veteran presence of Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Byron Jones, and Kyle Benoit. I do like it. I, I respect it. And they're bringing some familiar faces in Vanoy into that defense. So they have the makings of a good secondary that can develop. They're just, there's just too much improvement for me that needs to be done in, in a division where there were two teams that made the playoffs last year. I expect to see strides on third downs, especially where they ranked fifth worst on offense, ninth worst on defense. Forgive me for not being hyped up about Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and Mike Jacecki. I get it. You're a Dolphins fan. You want to be pumped up about something, about the youth. <laughs> I, I, I can't go overboard with it, to say the least. I respect the youth and the chance to grow together. I, I'm a big fan of Brian Flores after one year already. I know they went 5-11 and 11 last year. They're definitely steering in the right direction, in my opinion. But sometimes you got to take a step backwards before lunging forward, and that's what I see this season. I have Miami at three wins. You gave them four. Yeah, uh, it started. It was kind of up and down. At the end of the day, again, uh, <laughs> hate to turn the corner right around to you, but I, I added another win And when I looked at the schedule a little bit deeper. But you're right, man. I, I like the trend here. I just couldn't give them more than five wins, even though I wanted to. And, and I do like Flores, too. He's definitely showing some flashes from last year. Um, a lot of good things. I always like to look at game script. I always like to look at box score. And I saw a lot of good things from Miami. They beat the Jets um, by more than a touchdown, put up 20 points uh, with that offense. Um, home versus the Bills, they put up 21 points against the second stingiest D. They usually allow only an average of 16, beat the Colts. When they beat the Colts, they were actually 5-3, and three, so they were actually on a playoff run. Um, Again, a little heartbreaking stat here. They did put up 37 points, too, and beat the Eagles by six. Dropped another 38 points on Cincy, winning in overtime. That shows, obviously, uh, togetherness. I do like the team that they're building. And the cool thing that I like um, that kind of brightened my day, <laughs> they actually um, beat the Patriots when Bill and Tom needed that win to secure that number two spot and a bye and a home game. Um, they get the win in Foxborough, putting 27 points on the number one defense. Um, so definitely love seeing that. Chan Gailey, he tried his best to make something out of nothing. Um, but, hey, man, they had a lot of red zone attempts, more than Tennessee, just a hair under Green Bay and Houston. And we know how potent those offenses were. Hmm. Um, we got Boyer on the defensive side. Like you said, you mentioned the secondary. They definitely have some room to improve, but – Boyer coached the DBs in New England for a long time, and we all know how dominating that group has been. Uh, Miami, actually, they were tied uh, for seventh, seventh best of the interceptions last year. So I'm interested to see if um, that Miami defense can move up in the ranks um, or any other defensive categories in that matter. Um, so they, they hit on a lot of free agents. I think they're doing the right things. I do love, love Tua. Uh, I do love Tua as a better prospect than Burrow. Um, unfortunately, Miami was two and six against the playoff teams last year. Um, they're slated to have the third toughest schedule. Um, but 
against those tough schedule. They do have four out of those five as home games. So the only tough one away is the Niners. They do host Seattle, the Chargers, the Rams, and the Chiefs. Um, one thing I do want to point out, I know we were going over week one wins. Uh, first and foremost, my condolences to the Fitz, uh, to, uh, Fitzpatrick family. Um, I know Ryan lost his mother, so he's been away from the team. Um, but um, I think at times he can be great. Uh, at times, especially earlier in the season, obviously they want to put Tua uh, against uh, the tough schedule for the first four to six weeks. But I think he eventually does play. If it were up to me, I wouldn't have Tua play at all this year and just let him build with another full off season and, um, and more draft picks to come this season, 2020. Um, but I think he's got, I think he's got at least a good mentality to learn from Fitzpatrick. I think they struggle a little bit because um, his head might not be in the game the first few weeks. Uh, so I got him at five and 11, finally third in this division, but I do see them fighting in a lot of these games, just tough, tough to come out with W's on their side. Man, so well put eloquent and a, a lot of what I had too, man. Uh, I kept revising my dolphins record. Um, I, I went back to what I had at the very beginning, but to give you a sneak peek at what I'm talking about, I went from penciling them in for a Patriots victory to penning them in. I, <laughs> besides that, the only games, to, I'll be honest, just kind of eyeballing it on the surface, the only games I'd expect them to have a chance at really winning were against the Bengals, Chargers, and the Jets twice. If they win all of those and pull off some upsets somewhere else, that's still only maxing out at six wins for me. So it was – it, it, it's just tough schedule, shortened off season. Uh, I, I need to see more from the offense. And a good point about the the secondary coach because look, besides having Xavier Howard there, signing Byron Jones, they drafted Noah. I'm not going to say his last name in the first round. And look, that's overhauling. That's three cornerbacks that they're going to be able to rely on. And look, you look at the Patriots; they don't have three receivers you need to cover. So you can pretty much stack the box and Julian's not going to stretch the field on you. So there's that penned in win I have for them. And, and look, the jets, you don't have three receivers. You need to cover there either. The bills you have two. If you don't like a matchup, you have that first round pick. You can, you can shuffle things around a little bit. So look, they can surprise, but even if they did, um, I'd call it, I'd call it an absolute great coaching job by Brian Flores again, to be honest with you. Um, all right. And then we'll, we'll shift to the, to the New York jets. I've been vocal about their, them going seven and nine last year. You know that. And that was despite Sam Darnold missing games because they earned those compliments, man. And I just didn't want anyone to forget that over the off season, even if you, I, or anyone else thinks, that there's a rude awakening coming this year. Like I said, it's a different story. I consider seven wins to be monumental for the jets. This has less to do with Sam Darnold as a quarterback, more to do with Adam Gase, Le'Veon Bell, not showing out in camp, the unproven targets they've accumulated at wide receiver and tight end. Even if Jamison Crowder makes a few people happy in fantasy football, even if Chris Herndon does something here and there. This is a year for Darnold to pick and choose his targets moving forward. That's the way I'm looking at it. Rashad Perriman, 
probably better suited as a number three receiver, a role he just left. So if others step up, maybe Perriman can be a good free agent signing. I know they got Denzel Mims in there, second rounder. He's been hurt all offseason, and there, there's hardly been an offseason. So, look, I, I'm not very optimistic about the offense and Frank Gore possibly outplaying Bell up to this point in time. The offense, they're going to be near the bottom. Their offensive line is near the bottom. And, look, there's a reason they drafted Mekhi Becton in the first round. He's probably going to be a good player. They're going to need more than that. Defensively, mostly average. They did, I'll give them credit here, they did rank second best against the run, but it doesn't help to lose Jamal Adams. That's going to hurt. And I don't buy most of their players individually, plain and simple. Jets, they get two wins from me. And I think you're right there at three. I am. Yeah, three and 13, man. Um, I, I was with you, man. I was trying to fight. I, I like what I saw from the Jets. I mean, if you were to ask somebody that's, you know, just watching football on, on primetime games, nobody would have guessed that the Jets won seven games. Um, but you got it 100% right, man. Offense is going to be a struggle. A lot of those wins, I would say all of those wins, when I was looking at this in detail, it was all defense, man. And I don't know what it is, but what it reminds me of here with Adam Gase and the players and the tweets and the bad blood sounds like, 2018 bad blood Rodgers and McCarthy and, and that whole debacle uh, we know how bad that season was for them six wins for the Packers and Aaron wasn't hurt um, I see that here I'm not saying Sam Donald's Aaron Rodgers I'm just saying as far as what this coach is leading this team to be I don't see any positives coming out of this year the only thing I really do like is Sam Donald um, he improved a lot so Sam Donald um, improved from his rookie year um, to the most recent, he improved by three wins. He improved his completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, touchdown to interception ratio, everything. But he needs help, man. Like you said, they, they got Beckton. Um, that's the start, but it's going to be a lot more than that. He lost his best receiver, Robbie Anderson, now with his college coach, Matt Rule in, in Carolina. Where are they going to create this offense from? I really don't see it. Even if Lev Bell is still on the team, sounds like he doesn't want to play there either. That's why I think they started putting, uh, what was it, Gore. I think Gore's on the team now. So what's going to happen with this offense? I don't know, but the big part of their wins was all defense. I mean, taking a look at these wins, seven wins, versus Buffalo, their defense scored eight points to start the game. They held Buffalo without a touchdown until the fourth quarter. They only lost by one. Offense against Cleveland, they only put up three points. At New England, defense scored two touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of these games. It goes on and on. Defense putting up some points every week or allowing allowing nothing, being real stingy. So, no, like you said, man, no Jamal Adams, but a big thing, too, on the opt-out list, no C.J. Mosley. Where's the leadership going to come from? Where's the fire going to come from? Uh, Sam Dartle struggled when he was starting, one and four versus playoff teams last year. They have one of the toughest schedules, again, aside from facing Buffalo. And I still will mention New England because to the Jets, New England will still be a tough team to beat. Other than them, they're away five out of the seven tough games on their schedule. Luckily, they get the Browns and the Niners at home, but they're traveling to Indiana, Chargers, KC, the Hawks, and the Rams. I just don't really see a bright light. You have them at two. I got them at three wins, man. Yeah, I think that one's kind of obvious. Um, not trying to be totally down on a – 
on a team and a fan base that has hopes going into the year, but I think they're pretty realistic as well. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I looked at the schedule just like you. I don't know where and who they can outscore or I don't know who they can hold the less points to get a victory. It, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, like you said, the wins are going to be hard to come by. They start the year with some teams that you already brought up. They start the year with Buffalo, San Fran, Indy. And near the end of the year, KC, Seattle, and the Rams. That's – you said it. I'm, I'm just bringing it up too because I, I, don't, I don't like being too down on a team, but that's just too much to overcome. And, and they did have that failed trade for Kalen Balazs, who did not pass physical. <laughs> and, I, hey, I know Adam Gase is familiar with Balazs from the Miami days, and I know the Dolphins were they're, – they're rebuilding last year, as they are this year, but 1.8 yards per carry is a tough sell to a team that has Le'Veon Bell and, and I guess, Frank Gore. So, ugh. Um, and, unfortunately – no matter how good Sam Darnold may play given his circumstances or how good he may be in two to three seasons from now, I think he's going to get the Derek Carr treatment. Uh, and Derek Carr is a quarterback that's led a postseason run, even though he got hurt at the end of the year and didn't get to play in that game. I, I see Darnold as a similar quarterback that won't get that respect. And I hope, I hope uh, the Jets turn things around enough for the football world to see that Sam Darnold is more than capable because um, I think he is. I think you do too, right? Agreed. Yeah, definitely agreed, man. All right. And that's going to do it for our AFC East predictions. Thanks for listening, diehards. <laughs>